And welcome back to Movie Talks. I'm Daniel with Fernando. Ernest. And we have a special guest. Uh, let me. Why don't you introduce yourself? I'm uh, Brandon Allen McClenahan. He is one of our good friends. He's a special guest for today. Uh, we have a lot of things going on. We're do, uh, first of all, last week, I didn't realize when we did Sunday, Oscars was that day. And, oh my God, what do you guys think of it? it w- I didn't watch it. I don't. I, I, I have to go back and just look at who won what and... I, uh, what I, went down? I don't. I tend not to watch the Oscars, but I did actually. It was like on while I was at work, so I was watching it in my dressing room, and uh, you know there was something about it like it was really authentic in like the emotional resonance of the experience. Like there was a night where it really felt like like film people appreciating film, and uh, obviously there was a lot of great storylines. Brendan Fraser uh-huh. uh, getting his uh, Quan He and, uh, and Jamie Lee Curtis, all that stuff. Um, everything everywhere all at once was a phenomenal film, so I was happy to see it get all the accolades that it did. But it was genuinely like there's a love that exists, and all of us can attest to it on film sets and in any creative space. And it really resonated through the Oscars this time. Like I was, I, I cried like three different times. I oh my gosh, which, which times? Uh, Brendan Fraser got me almost immediately. Oh. He came up, his eye like trickled, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and started going. And then obviously um, Michelle Yeoh um, when she got her acceptance and just the the feeling of significance for that moment was just like, ah, and it just came through. And then uh, when, I, I'm forgetting his name because I'm a terrible person. What is it? K-Hei-Wan? K- K-Hei-Wan? K- I don't know how butchering I, that. Him. K-Hei-Wan. Yeah, him and, and Mel Gibson. Or not I saw, Mel Gibson, I'll call him uh, Shortstop. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's, yeah, we're like, you know, Goonies. Uh, but uh, those moments were just like, they were genuine. It wasn't, there wasn't that like, performance affectation of like we're pretending this is important it was like something Mm -hmm. that meant something to those people and a whole lot of other people all at once and it was like it resonated with me like i said Mm -hmm. i'm not a huge i don't tend to watch those kind of award ceremonies and stuff but there was just such a beautiful appreciation of the thing that i love in creation that that love that comes you know i think it's because we've known him for such a long time even from goonies you know we we see how far he's gone to the point where when he said oh you know my mom's at home he's watching me she's like 87 years old and you know that resonated with us because we've seen him since he was such a young child and the struggle he's he's dealt with the actor's struggle of of having something that works really well and then becoming just like having to fight just to get Mm -hmm. health insurance or you know what i mean to live a creative life is a very difficult thing. Mm-hmm. Well, he and stopped so, acting too. Yeah. I mean, he's he, imagine being a See, here's the one thing. He was a great, well, I want to say great star, a uh, child actor. But he when he started, he did uh, Temple of Doom, then he was in Goonies, and then that's all I remembered him by. Yeah. You know, I didn't know he was in a uh, Xenomat. No, yeah, yeah Xenomat. Xenomat, yeah. And it was like a small clip um, and you know, you never would know from you know, I guess when we us Asians when we grow up, we don't look the same. But it it was it was nice because he was saying how he just after that he got no calls, yeah. And that's a like that's a weird thing. I mean, I know for you as an actor, you sometimes you get those years and or months where you just well, am I gonna have be able to eat or whatever? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And it was funny because I was watching uh, who, who was it? It was Seth Rogen. He was talking on the podcast and he was saying, you know, he knows some actors who are who, who was about to quit, mm-hmm. and he just says, well. No, don't quit. Just keep on going. And that made a difference because within another week or a month or two, he got another acting gig. Yeah. And it's such a weird... He was like, this is a... Acting is such a weird thing because it's part luck, 
part knowing people and just right time, right place. Yeah, man. My uh, my father would say, "Luck is when oper- uh, preparation meets opportunity." You yeah, know, it's it's like you, you you have no control over getting those opportunities. All you can kind of do is prepare yourself to be ready when they call. And it's like it is like an uphill struggle just to you know. There's no stability. And, no, uh, well, especially for acting, huh? Yeah, yeah, specifically. <laughs> well, one thing I I gotta say that I am. You know, pleased that there was no slap this year. Yeah, I was I was uh, anticipating one. <laughs> you know, actually, like, the Oscars commented on that. They said that there will be no violence this year. Yeah. They were very clear well, about it. Jimmy Kimmel was running it, and I didn't. I'd kind of muted. I don't like him personally because no. I just he seems fake. Kimmel. Yeah, he just, you know, yeah, yeah. He, he went from you can't get rid the of man the show, man show. Yeah. <laughs> and then you like, hey, I'm gonna be all. I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> but besides that, here's my thing with the Oscars. Oscars, I don't know because I know film a lot. It seems more genuine than the Grammys. Like I don't care who fucking wins the Grammys. Mm. But when you look at best cinematographer this year, uh, was it uh, Quiet on the Eastern Front? Mm-hmm. I don't. I've never seen it, but I saw. I saw a couple clips this uh, last week. It's a. It's a nice film. I can imagine that it's also a hard film to to cinemat- You know, to do cinematography. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because so I can, I don't think they did a lot. I think it's more natural, like how they did 1917, mm. but just the color grading and stuff of like that. So I can, I can see the technicality in most of these. Also, let's see. Um, everywhere all at once won seven Grammys. All deserved. All deserved. All and the no, the crazy thing about it is they won best picture, best original um, screenplay, best director. We all know the um, best actress supporting for actor uh, supporting actor and actress, which is very rare. Yeah, I mean most people win maybe best uh, best picture, but does One not win best director. They got both uh, yeah. uh, best uh, cinematography as well. No, 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 no. They bond for best editing, mm-hmm. which I can agree with that. That editing best work. adapted screenplay. I yes. think it was, is it adapted or original? No, it's original. Original. original I, yeah. I, I honestly, like, as, as somebody who's done a little bit of script writing and stuff too, as well, it was. I mean, to me, I, when I got done with that movie, I was like, "This is a point." Like, it's like there is now up until I saw this movie, and now I've seen this movie and everything past it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just, it was such an original concept that touched on the most human things about us in the most compelling, mm-hmm. abstract way. You know, you get a little bit of that, like Beckett, and there's you know, a little bit of the abstract in there. Mm-hmm. But it, it was so well done. And it was just one of those. It's a movie you watch, and you're like, "It's crazy that this is the first thing that's like that because you know, it, it succeeded it, so admirably." Oh, absolutely, and I agree completely with you. And one of the things that I love about that movie, they don't. And I've said this before, Daniel. They don't include those like woke ideologies. It was more about self fulfillment yeah. than anything else. Yeah. Oh yeah, like personal achievement. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was just beautiful. Yeah. Well, the crazy thing about it is with doing like okay, with, so we did it. We did a review on uh, everywhere, everywhere, all at once. Everything, everywhere, all at once. And the thing was that. In every single multiverse, they were all miserable, right? Until they realized what's more, what's the important part of, of life, yeah. which is family, bringing together everything. So that was very interesting because it could have gone so much different ways. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, you know, the butt plugs. Oh yeah, the butt plugs. <laughs> the my, rocks, fa- my favorite the scene. The boulders <laughs> on the cliff top, dude. Those. Two no, they yeah. had me okay. dying. One I saw that the greatest first things time. I've ever seen. Oh my god! Oh my Especially god. when they turned around, they yes. had the googly eyes. I was like, Oh my god! Wait. Phenomenal, man. <laughs> Even the whole thing of the mom, Michelle Wong, trying to hug the daughter, and she's like running away. I'm like. That's how my family is. Like I do not like. We're like, give me a hug. No, get away. Oh, what? No. Yeah. Oh, such a family film. I, my, I tell everyone to watch it, and they come back and they're just like, wow. 
what the fuck did we just watch? Yes, but in in a in the right way. You know what yes. I mean? Like, I've right. seen weird. Trust me, that's somebody who's like enjoyed his share of psychedelics. Like I've seen a lot of weird abstract stuff, and sometimes it just gets lost in being abstract for abstraction's sake. But it, when you get done with that film, you are affected, and there is no denying. Oh, absolutely. Like, whatever it is, but it does reach through to something deep inside you, and it's. It, I, I think it deserves so, absolutely all of those. Do you roles. think all the actresses, actors, and actresses deserved the award? Okay. Angela, Angela Bassett, is that correct? Yes. She was the, she was no, over Wakanda. So I know a lot of people are giving her a hard time for her not necessarily applauding when Jamie Lee Curtis won. I think Jamie Lee Curtis was phenomenal in that movie. I think she's an incredible performer. I do think she benefited from the hype of what Everything Everywhere All at Once was, specifically in this award ceremony, because Angela Bassett in Wakanda Forever was gut-wrenching. I mean, that, I, that kind of performance <laughs> is hard to okay, top. Wait, and is, so it better than, is it better than the Tina Turner movie that she did back Okay, to be fair, maybe not, but the, there was a point of because that was my raw favorite. emotion with her where she was all of us. She was all of us missing him. And it would, there was this, it wasn't just sadness and weakness, but the strength that it takes to overcome that kind of sadness. And she had it, and that is like once in a lifetime. So you, maybe it's more of the MCU curse of it's not taken seriously. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole Martin Sarsacy yeah. where MCU mm-hmm. films are not real movies. Mm-hmm. And Maybe that dialogue that she did or whatever she portrayed was great, but this was the year of everything, everywhere, all at once. My thing was that I liked Stephanie Sue more better than um, than Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, look, she did she deserve a word? Yes. Is it a lifetime achievement award? Right. Yes. Yeah. But at least it was a, a award that we can at least say she was good in it. Unlike, okay, like. Past uh, some Oscars you can you know in the past who won and you're like for that fucking role yeah like okay as much as I like Leo, Leo bro yeah, poor Leo okay, Leo he could he should have won for he should not have won for a fucking Revenant yeah. I don't care yes he went through all that stuff but that's not, not acting yeah. <laughs> no but there was being in a freezing survival. river is not acting you're you're in a freezing okay, river like, go around what's your favorite Leo Dude, it's tough. Django is a really killer role for him. That he should have won. Gilbert that he should have won an Oscar. Uh, yeah, Gilbert Grape. Uh, I think he won for that. All of his films. Did he? For the most. Yeah, he won for best supporting. No, oh, for best supporting, he just hadn't got a best leading actor. Right. Okay. Okay. So I think Django, he should have won. Mm-hmm. Uh, Departed, Departed. I would kind of say he should have. Shutter, he could have. He should have won. Yeah. Yeah, that was that's a strong. Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf, uh, Wall Street. Yeah, that was fine. But again. No, like, like uh, hey, Gary Oldman, man, like one of the greatest actors of all time. Did he finally get one for playing uh, Churchill? Winston Churchill. He, he got Churchill. it for Churchill yeah. finally, but it's like, I mean, that guy. I, you know, yeah. I, you can think of a hundred roles that were deserving of an Oscar. Hey, did you realize that Meryl Streep did not win an award this year? Whoa, whoa, that's great! Like, <laughs> the world is ending, guys. <laughs> well, see, but look what happened. Look what had to happen. She had to not make a fucking movie. That's it. <laughs> they still tried. They're like, I know. Give her one. Is that okay? And we have oh, an extra no. Oscar here. Yeah, Can yeah. we just yeah. give it to her? <laughs> but hey, to be honest, that woman is a. I have not yeah, seen. Yeah. I mean, she did. Um, was that Into the Woods? Yeah. And I'm like, fuck. She should win. Yeah. Like fuck that. Boy. Yeah. Um, Brendan Fraser. Another great story that happened with the well. Now, do you? He deserved the award. I mean, he was. But <sighs> Colin Farrell, like in uh, insurance. Ins- what was that movie? Um, Banshees of Banshee Insurance. Yeah. Uh, Colin Farrell show won that. He was he was good in that. See, but, although I love that movie, I don't I don't think their performances were mind blowing. Kind of like uh, or you know, like well, some other, like yeah, 
uh, Brendan Fraser's performance in The Whale was yeah, but... to me. I feel like he encapsulated what he was really going through into that that role. So that I is true because he was kind of isolated uh, and he was going th- and you can kind of see his struggle as an actor and trying to get into like being loved again right. into that film. So yeah, I love the story of him winning that. I finally, I mean, shit, he should have. Where did he go? That's one thing I've always wondered. I mean, there was the he had the, there was like the sexual assault allegations where he was molested by somebody high up in the. Oh that's yeah, why I heard he wouldn't about go to the Actors Choice Awards, I believe it was, or one of the big organization events. It was like he was directly assaulted by one of those people, and uh, and then he was like a chiseled, buff guy who started to not be that. And as a larger actor myself, I can say like the industry is very unkind in, in that pursuit. It's getting way better now. Like I, I, I what well, did you see? Uh, oh god, Zach Zach Efron. Oh, he. Yeah. After he hit Baywatch, right, he was like, he, he's trying to stay all fit because, dude, it is way too hard to be in shape. And, dude, it is hard. Even he said it. Even he said it. He had to live on a, uh, in an icicle pop a day yeah. just to be able to maintain the body. He said he was the hardest role that he had to do, especially to keep the, that kind of body. So, I don't know. It's good that he finally was able to get better acting roles and just be out there again because man I, I did miss him it is one of those like scripts too like the whale is a play okay it was right. a it was and it's a phenomenal play and it is one of those roles that's like an award bait mm-hmm. it's like there's so much in it and I think you touched on why it really hit it so big is how much it connected with his personal journey right. and his own you know self body dysmorphia and all the stuff that comes with it but it is like that role is extremely well written and so it's like you take an actor that's really good that connects to the material as well as a as a part that's you know a strong role in a in a piece that already exists as well and it's it just all kind of added up well a lot of play films end up be, becoming you know, award-winning films just Martin because McDonough, what it takes man. yeah well uh when we got uh dan day lewis when yeah. he did uh fiddles he was fiddles on the roof or my left foot my left foot my left foot my left foot yeah so yeah it takes a lot to do uh those you know roles what, what was the play from Mar- martin uh, mcdonough uh there's three signs outside and then uh pillow man is him um i'm trying to think what there was one other one that was like everybody loved it and you're like yeah that's martin mcdonough he's one of the best playwrights living right now um, but yeah, three signs outside of I'm forgetting Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah, yeah. And then there was one, one other one. Uh, Bug. Bug is him. No, Bug no, is no. Bug. That's not. That's a different one. Wait, Bug was a play. Bug was a play. I played Peter in Bug. That was actually one of my wait, favorite wait, roles. You mean played. Bug, where they had a uh, um, Ashley Judd and uh, uh, Michael, Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon. Yeah. That was. You that was know what? Play. That seemed like a fucking play too, because it the, it played on your paranoia. Yeah. Played, mm-hmm. You know, and like uh, the whole time I'm thinking, I, I, you know, the weird thing about that movie. By the end, I thought I was fucking seeing bugs. Like, I started <laughs> believing them. I'm like, dude, yeah. there has to be something fucking around here. Dude, for real. Or something. I played Peter. So it was like, and I went in, the director was a very close friend of mine, and he was like, hey, this is going to be the role like that, that'll put you on the map in town, whatever. But it was like, after I, I, I don't like actors being like, I couldn't get out of a role. But that one specifically, like, you have to stay in this heightened alert paranoia. You know, in the, sh- in the play, they're smoking crack the whole time, too. So it's like this, there's this, like, drug influence on his, his psyche as well. Mm-hmm. But like literally for like a month after that show, I had like legitimate psychological issues where like I thought I could feel bugs crawling on my skin, and uh, it is that it's that effect that it had on you. It actually has on the people. T- so the whole Heath Ledger, he you know couldn't get out of Joker. Mm-hmm. That could actually, do you actually believe that? Because when people talk about Heath Ledger, like the actual actor, like Michael J. Watt, he said that he would go in and out of that mm-hmm. character. Yeah. Yeah, so does I, that lean? Would that actually stay with you even when you're offset? 
At, at the level of performance that he executed in that, I think so. Um, I think real performances rely, require a level of vulnerability that is, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a hyper awareness of not only what you have, but what you don't. And when you play a character like that, that exists in this, a character that you agree with that thrives on chaos and destruction, and you have to find the truth in that, you know, no villain thinks, every villain thinks they're the hero of their own story. Mm-hmm. And so you have to then personally carry those virtues physically and in these real moments. And Heath Ledger also dealt with a lot of the stuff Brendan Fraser did, young heartthrob and the connection between his work and what was going on at the time. So yeah. I can, I, I do, I, I specifically that role, I, I completely understand Jeez. how with drugs and personal issues and trauma and everything, how you can kind of create this you know, self-destructing bomb. Absolutely, and you have to step into those shoes. You have to live that. Like mentally, you have to live all the chaos from that character. You have to live the traumas. You have to live all the desperation, everything bad that has happened with that person. You have to live it as an actor. So, but do you take you, it with you home? Well, here's the thing: it's kind of hard to go back once you know what you could, what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. Once you know what you're capable of, is like holy shit! Like I can do this right now. Especially if you step into the shoes of a psychotic killer, it's like holy shit! I just discovered something about myself, and it makes you doubt yourself. If you're not confident in your person and who you are, you can get lost. Like, our mind is very fragile when it comes to that, mm-hmm. so you can get lost, especially in the character. You, yeah. yeah, I'm sure you guys understand the power of belief, you yeah. know, and and yeah. what it can do. So I'm sure at that level, uh, you know. You That's really it. believe you are the villain. You are manifesting. So it's not real. Your brain doesn't on. know you're just playing a character. Right, your brain right. You're is programming going it to become things, creating yeah. pathways that then you refine mm-hmm. as you go through the process. So mm-hmm. yeah. you know, you're manifesting your own reality every day. And so it's like when that's your reality, something that intense. And we all connected. Like we, he, if if there was something inauthentic about that performance, it wouldn't mean anything to anybody. But no. it was so true. Yeah. It's like it takes getting into some places that a lot of people aren't comfortable with. And part yeah. of acting training is that. Like we're mm-hmm. trained to let it go at the door and mm-hmm. you know leave outside outside and bring in the work and so but it it well there are some people who who was it is it Daniel Day Lewis who stayed in character for months He's oh, notorious yeah. for doing oh, who was the yeah. other yeah. one where they had to refer him as the character um the other uh, Jared Leto as the Jared other, Leto. other Joker oh, oh yeah Joker, yeah. yeah a sign that it doesn't always work very well yeah, yeah exactly you know? <laughs> thank you for yeah. saying that I wish yeah, for <laughs> saying like sending like uh what was it dead a rat, rats, dead rats, rats condoms like that yeah, yeah, yeah. condoms too in yeah. front of other people and that's always... where it gets like you can exploit that and that's why I think we're always a little like uh, I don't know it's like no there is like a professional approach to that kind of thing Daniel Day Lewis is the greatest actor that's ever lived in my opinion and it's like sure you cannot do all that stuff but then you don't get what Daniel Day Lewis does you know what I mean it's it's like there's, <laughs> yeah. there is yeah. a, a strength to that kind of thing I'm not a method actor myself but if I'm playing particular roles you might remember we worked on a film together mm-hmm. where it's like I did have to be a little weird and away from everybody and in that little state to get to some of the higher points in those films but it's still me like yeah. I'm still Brandon you know it's it's yeah. uh but yeah I, do, like I as, do think as soon as we yell cut it's like oh so guys how you doing you know I remember the, the thing that I remember the most about the movie that we shot together is like I was right under you with the camera and you were like slicing with with a knife and I was like Ooh, yeah, man. I hope he doesn't like you know like go a little bit further in because I'm gonna get sliced yeah. it's just then after, acting bro yeah and, and then after cut it was like oh oh man I'm so sorry you know with like <laughs> Give you a hug. I hope you're doing good it's yeah, like man. I'm sorry you got scared it's like 
I'm yeah. like, cool, man. <laughs> yeah. But it is, you know, it's, I, it's, you can get lost in the weeds a little bit on some of this because mm-hmm. there is like obscure actor theory and the mythos of what performance is. But in this specific case, especially with like Heath Ledger, it's like that was uh, the reason that role was so good was because it, it, it took every single thing that he had. And when he got done and didn't have that to stand up with anymore, I think he looked around at the world and saw a completely different place. You know? Oh, yeah. He saw it from the eyes of a villain at that yeah. point. That's why he was an antidepressant. Yeah. 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 Well, I, let's I don't know. Um, like, I feel like you get. I'm sorry, Daniel. No, Just go ahead. One last, one last comment. I feel like your brain gets like partitioned. Mm-hmm. You know, like you create like a like a separate person from who you are, like, and you know that you can tap into that person like right away. Mm. You know, like you create like this little world in your own mind. Absolutely. Where you can just be like, "Wow, I can do what the Joker did this time, mm-hmm. or I can do what this killer he, did this." He had time. a chaotic mind, so you would never you you know you would never know what he does. Shit. Yeah. I mean, even if you think like, what was that one scene where you thought he was going to kill somebody and then he just Walked away, he was fine. Yeah. Oh. And what was the name of the, the actor? The, the, uh, was it Michael? Michael Shannon? No, no, no. In, in The Joker. Um, oh, man. In, in the movie with The Joker with Heath Ledger, uh, the one played Gordon. What's his name? That's uh, Gary, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman, yeah. No, no. Just That's Gary Oldman. No, no, no. From... The from, Dark Knight from series? Dark Knight, yeah. Dark Knight's Gary, Gary Oldman, Oldman. Is, uh, is Commissioner Gordon. Ooh, do we know no, all no, no, the... not Commissioner Gordon, the, the butler. I'm sorry. Oh, oh Michael Caine. Michael Caine. So there was an interview where Michael Caine <laughs> had some lines when the Joker comes in, you know, the, the building when they're doing the... the um, mm-hmm. What's it called? The, the... the heist when he was in the skyscraper uh, trying to, like, he's going to, like, uh, basically, like, there was a Bruce Wayne fundraising for... Yeah, the fundraiser. Um, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. So he comes in. He Michael Michael Kane. Okay. He he had he was supposed to have a couple lines, but when as soon as the Joker Heath Ledger comes into the room, he said that he was speechless. He was genuinely scared for his life when he came in because he saw the Joker and he was like, he 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 was speechless. He didn't have any like he he was he said that in an interview. He was like I was scared because well, he never even he never met Heath Ledger be, uh, before that day and never saw uh-huh. that makeup. And that's Michael Caine. Like that dude has acted with some of the greatest actors ever and mm-hmm. might be when yeah I would say probably and is one of the best be actors. Speechless? For him to be that blown away, you know, it speaks <laughs> to the level of performance. Like that is one of the greatest. Oh. Well, one of the greatest acting awards. I mean, if it wasn't for him being the supporting actor, he could have won the best actor. Oh yeah. Uh, well, let's close up with the Oscars. Uh, Pinocchio won for Best Animated. Uh, Well-deserved. It was a bad year for animation. There was nothing really. There's no Toy Story or nothing. Uh, Top Gun won for Best Sound, which, hey, they got one award. <laughs> if you uh, like sound. <laughs> hey, you know what? How can you not win for sound for that movie? I mean, it was just like jets. Avatar won for Best uh, Visual Effects, which, of course, everyone knew that. But um, anything really that undeserved? I don't think so. This year, I personally, I do think that the, the cinematography, and I think we started talking about this earlier. Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, yeah, it was good, but in the association of uh, American cinematographers, that movie was not even mentioned. Oh, really? Mm-mm. The movie that won at the at the Association of Cinematographers was Elvis. Oh, you know that was another Elvis didn't win a single award. Yeah. Tough year, and, tough year for that. Yeah. Yeah. And even and, Babylon. And it's funny because, you know, at the ASC Awards, it's just cinematographers. Mm. And they chose Elvis, a movie that the Oscars didn't even mention. Yeah. Like, they hardly even touched on it. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of weird because, you know, a movie won by chosen by cinematographers did not win at the Oscars. Yeah. Which is like, you know, it's kind of like, why? Yeah. Money. Money. No, yeah. I, I don't know. Well, is All Quiet, what, I saw half of it. 
It's a, I mean, I don't, I don't get it. It is a German war on World War One, and if it's it, fine. If anything, it was good networking. They bribed the right people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Oscar campaigns are a real thing, man. There's a lot they of They are. You, you give a, well, a lot of people lots of free shows. How about this? Let's ask a uh, final question before. Would you rather be awarded by your peers than your than the academy if you wasn't you know if you was in there because i always think that okay well the academy always has controversy on who they pick who wins and who cares because who the fuck is the academy mm -hmm. but when you get like you know the guild awards i think those actually mean would mean more to me as a person in the you know in the industry because you're you get judged by your peers more than some person you and that you don't care about yeah there's people know how to do what you've done far better than you know the academy ever could so right i, I would say yeah peers be good yeah and there's like an understanding of what it takes to do the thing you're doing by people that are also doing the thing in your field like with right. cinematographers it makes sense to me why cinematographers would be like this is the best movie and oscars are like i don't know because it's like they don't, don't, they don't understand a whole section of a lot of that stuff you but know they don't even watch it yeah so that's the part they might like they, if they watch anything it's like oh someone told me told them to watch it so yeah that's why i say like uh, a lot of professionals say that the oscars don't really have that much credibility anymore because it really just about the bribes so if anything you would just listen to your peers mm -hmm. you know for example the association of cinematographers the best cinematographers in the world chose elvis to be the best movie mm -hmm. in the world of, in the in cinematography did you watch elvis I didn't. Did you watch clips at least to kind of know? Nope, I did not watch a thing. But I mean, it just goes to say, like, just l why not listen to your peers? Well, only reason I asked is just because you have a better eye than me, so you would know. Because for me, I saw it. I can kind of see why the cinematography, because of the how they staged the the concerts for Elvis and just how they changed the ages and throughout, you know, throughout. Because he went from like I think teenage. And then till when he's back in Las Vegas. So I can see sandwiches. how they kind of like moved and I don't know. And that's the reason why I watch Old Quiet on the Western Front to see what the fuzz is about. Because from seeing that the ASC gave the award to Best Cinematographer to Elvis, I was like, okay, so if that's the best in the cinematography world, it's like, I need to see why the Oscars sh like showed this. Because I trust more like the, the peers yeah. from the cinematography than the Oscars. So I watched it last night and I was like, okay, it's pretty but it's just very basic shots then they nothing really nothing really impressive i mean just the lighting but like the shots were very like steady they were just static and there was not much creativity to them yeah if anything when i watch elvis i'm sure i'm gonna find some crazy ways where they tell the story with the camera instead of just like static pretty shots well, i'm sure you can even uh you watch uh empire light with uh your boy sam mendes and his uh who's his uh, roger deakins mm -hmm. they did that it's a beautiful movie Nothing really great. I mean, if you're gonna watch it, it's just great lighting. No, no, no. I mean, really, I mean, how yeah, they Roger how they shot the scenes master. at night and stuff like that. The fireworks scene, great, beautiful film. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised that didn't win. Oh, so. dude, I'm surprised too because Roger Deakin is the master of cinematography. He's like the big daddy, the big daddy of the cinematography. Now. Did you like the cinematography from uh, the Banshees? I didn't watch that one actually. Oh well, they yeah. they got some nice. No, but I mean, compare you, you know, all quiet on the Western Front with Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, you can't. No, I mean, can't Roger that. Deakins did Blade Runner, and if you look at that movie, that movie like the lighting and the cameras and the storytelling is fucking flawless, man. Even nineteen seventeen. Even Sicario. If you watch Sicario number one, holy shit, man! Like the shots were beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, there was uh, my my favorite scene is always the highway scene because I'm like, fuck, I would hate to be in that fucking highway and see that. You know, there's a very underrated movie. It's called 
uh, in time or uh, with uh, Justin Timberlake MT, yeah. time. Uh, in time, I think is what in it's time, called. Yeah. In time, yeah, with Justin Timberlake. Yeah, and it's such an underrated movie, man. Like it's it wasn't directed well, but if you look at the cinematography, it was by Roger awesome. Deakins. It was like, whoa. Oh, that's why I was gonna say. Oh, they, you know, they call Roger Deakins the master of shadows. Oh my god, because yeah. everything just looks crisp and contrasty and colorful as shit. Oh yeah, <laughs> and see, that's that's the thing where it's like that's pure. You know what I mean? Like you you have an appreciation of of the aspects of that thing, and so that's like you're saying, like peer reviewed mm-hmm. response would mean more to you in that sense. Because you like, know, if you think about it, having friends, you know, as professionals, you would hope they would tell you exactly what it is like, for hey you to boys. improve. Yeah. You know, but if you listen to like someone who you don't even know, it's just gonna be like a a bad Rotten Tomato review. Mm. Oh God, think about it. No, yeah, because you don't know them. They're just gonna like. Oh, well, I've seen better just for the oh my fuck God. of it. Yeah. You know, but if you listen to your peers, you know, they're actually going to give you constructive work mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you can say, it's like, you know, man, you know, I really appreciate it, but I think you, you can work on this. It's like, you know, and you start to think about it. It's like, thanks for the input. I'll start looking into it. Especially how technical cinematography is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, that'll be closing up on Oscars. So, uh, well, Brandon, since you're here, let's see what's uh, which, what have you been up to? Shoot, man. I got a lot of stuff, a lot of irons in the fire right now. Well, I'm, recently uh, I've seen that you've, uh, well, one, uh, you've done a play. Like, you, you know, you've done a couple plays. I did, yeah. I'm working with the Nevada Shakespeare Festival. Um, we've done uh, Romeo and Juliet. We're going to be doing The Tempest later this year. Um, and we also have a show called Shotspear, which is like a drinking game Shakespeare performance. That's, Where is that going to be at? Uh, we do it all over the country. We just did one up in uh, Rochester, New York. Uh, we have some set for St. Louis. I'm about to build a cast out here locally. Nice. Um, so that we can do, because a couple of the theaters here in town got liquor licenses and stuff. It's a pretty incredible experience the way it it, uh, it always works. Like it's, it tends to be the most fun that anybody's had at a show. Um, and uh, we all get a little liquored up and uh, have a good time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I do that. Um, I have my own production company, Art Hard Studios. I have a little uh, production space of my own on the northwest side of town here. Uh, our flagship is Weed D&D. It's a cannabis positive uh, tabletop role playing experience. That's legit. I'm, I'm a D&D player. Yeah, and when I saw your stuff, I was like, oh, man, that, that should be fun. Yeah, I don't know if I could do it high. That's uh, <laughs> only one way to find <laughs> out. I think, no, okay. I think Daniel would be crippled there uh, for a second. Okay, yeah. Just to get a little nerdy for a sec, because I my characters normally have like like depth into their stuff. Absolutely. You know, they're like he was in his childhood. He was in he was, you know, kidnapped and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And then I'm to have a whole point. And I would say, like, if I was just to be high, I'd be way off the scale. Plus, I play, See, I play very gray characters. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, it's uh, you know one of the best things about D and D is you could explore myth and morality and the, the ancient art of human storytelling. And um, for us, you know, it was for me, it was some of the response to the concept, like people being like, "Well, how could you do that? Wouldn't you just stare at your shoes the whole time or stuff?" And it's like, I'm sorry, I'm like a successful, motivated person who also uses cannabis. I don't prescribe to a lot of the old stereotypes about like the mindless of someone and for us it's it's used as a sense of of immersion you know, it's it's easy to step into the shoes of a dark person with a twisted history and leave the world outside and exist around a table telling a story with your friends. For us, the cannabis kind of just helps us get there. It's it's not three steps; it's one. And you know, you're mm-hmm. you're able to just jump right in. My cast is all stage performers, professional entertainers as well. Oh. And it's like we have this real respect and love for storytelling. And it's like, yeah, obviously, when you slap cannabis on something, people start assuming it's like silly. Or I I, I actually protest against that. I think we 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 
hit some very deep and human moments. We explore myth and morality while also being our fun loving selves. And we're not so full of ourselves that we don't, you know, laugh if something's funny or take a, a little side road down a funny joke or something. But uh, for us, it really just kind of helps get us in that place as performers where you're just responding in real time to the stimuli around you. And it kind of just helps us focus it all in around the table. So we're, uh, we're almost three years going now. Yeah. We built an awesome community of the buds, as we call them. And uh, <laughs> it's been, it's been uh, honestly, it's funny. I do Shakespeare. I do film. I do all this stuff. And uh, it has pushed me in ways artistically that nothing, no challenge ever had before. And so as a, as a DM. Uh, as a DM, a player, show conceiver, the the amount of work, the art, we have thousands, or at this point, hundreds of images generated by artists that have created based around this fake world that I built, Ganjaria, where magic comes from Ganja. And it's like <laughs> a stupid, dumb idea. You know, it's like you hear that, it's funny, but it's like what has then come from that is this just boon of creation amongst a bunch of people. We actively push for people to get out and make things, you know, create something, enjoy yourself, have fun, play. Yeah. These are like some of the best things we do as people. And it's like the, you know, the more the pressures of world start laboring down on you, the more you forget that. And so you know, it's just really quickly. I, I just remember when we first met and we've known each other for maybe what, like maybe like 10 years yeah, now, a, a little now. bit yeah, more. Yeah. So it's like, I look back to when we first met, it's like, we, none, like, none of us had like really much going on. Yeah. And now I like look at you, man, like you, the way you talk about film, your work and everything you do is like, I'm really proud of you, man. Dude, thanks, man. I'm it's, really I'm proud of you. Yeah, it makes me really happy to see how far you've come, you know, from when we were like 10 years ago. Just, yeah, just, and, you know, and I runner. can't wait to see where we're going to be like in 20 years. Yeah, for sure. Well, man. I can tell you that when I met you in Bickle, and we'll get, we'll talk about that a little bit. Your acting was, I was always shocked by how good your acting was. Thank and you. I, you know, I was a little guy on the fucking, just yeah. hooking up wires and stuff. and Carrying the flag. Yeah, I just, rem okay, this is my, two memories I, I remember is when you did the uh, looking out in the, in, I think you was looking out the window and it, you just had that look and I'm like, God damn, like what the fuck is you thinking? Right? <laughs> and um, there was another scene where you had to get ready. You was gonna, I think you were going to kill the main, uh, Victoria and you first, you have to get, you're like, okay, give me a second. And then you just turn. And I'm like, holy shit, okay. Yeah, he turned that switch like instantly. Dude, like, yeah. I, and I, you know, I, every single time I'm like, oh my God. But yeah, of course, I was always afraid to talk. I'm like, man, just let the actor have his space. Because <laughs> I've always, no, because we've dealt with other actors and some of them are very sensitive on like being within their area. And some are just like, I think you were the most open actor that I've known. On set, I think it's important also, like, the, as an actor, it's really easy to insulate yourself and get away from the process. But for me, and I've, I've found, it's like, I, because I come from theater, you know, it's like in theater, everybody is doing something to make this thing work. Even, you know, it's like there's not this idea of levels of importance or value to the, to the process. And so I find it's funny, you know, being a theater actor, when I go on film sets, I tend to spend a lot of the time with the crew. Like, I think the work, like the physical work that is being done is just as valuable as any of the creative process. And so I do find when I work on films, I tend to just like hang out with the crew and shoot the shit and kind of make, you know, they're doing the hard lifting, the, the, the things that suck to do. I'm getting to like go play make-believe and like work out some of my inner issues on a camera or whatever. Yeah. And so it's, there is something about like the people like, like doing the, 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 the thing that makes it all work and existing in that space and kind of making it easy. You know, it's mm -hmm. like Fernando, we were able to get in where you, you had a camera right by my balls and we, you know, it's like you get into these really intimate scenarios. <laughs> oh, I yeah. think it's important yeah. to, to be like, look, I'm a human. I'm with you on this. Yeah. 
And uh, and so yeah, it was uh, it, it was a treat. But yeah, it, there is that. But then there is that moment where you go, hey, I just need a second to just get like we talked about with Heath, not to not to compare me to him in any way. But there is a point where you go, I need to remember, I need to make my body know I'm in this circumstance right now, and then it will help me tell the story without me telling it what to do. Mm-hmm. And so there are, you know, especially though in that movie particularly, we oh. were dealing with you know these really heavy psychotic breaks built around love and self-hate and, you know, things that I could certainly relate to in, in many capacities. And so there is that second where you just want to go, hey, just give me a sec. Don't don't use me as Brandon. Now I'm Marty Bickle or in this in that case or whatever your character is. And you just need to get where it needs to be. You so know? do you go into this deep, like, I don't know, I want to say like when you go into do you have to like go into like a deep locker room or something where you're just not, you're not no longer Brandon, you're just whoever the character it is, or do you, like... You can't not be Brandon. I think that's a big lesson for a lot of actors early on. There's this belief that you're not an actor until you've done it for 10 years, and there's a whole lot of theory behind why that is. But the reality is, Brandon is... Brandon is doing the performance. And so, what for me, what it is, is getting Brandon where this version of Brandon. What if Brandon had gone through what this person went through? I see. And wearing their flaws as my own and understanding. You know, most acting is action. It's you're trying to get something. And so if you passionately believe you have this need for a thing, be it acceptance, love, um, retribution, or, you know, all the fun things that make really great characters, getting yourself into that place where you feel we all have our own needs and wants and things we don't feel we were treated fairly on and everything. And it's about getting rid of some of those details and make and embodying them in yourself. Like, you know, it's Brendan Fraser was Brendan Fraser in the whale, but Brendan Fraser was playing this character and he did a phenomenal job, Mm -hmm. but you can't, you can't not be you. I think maybe Daniel day Lewis can, maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe he can, (laughs) but it's, but I mean, honestly, I think even in his, in, into that degree, I mean, that's the, the, purest form of mastery of, of that style of acting but it's like that's the thing is you need to tell your brain like you said with manifestation and belief and how strong that is into like your existence in the physical space you need to trick your brain into thinking you're in those circumstances and so that's why you hear about people having like panic attacks in a scene or losing their the thing is you have to tell your brain hey this is these are the conditions you're working in right now mm. this is it's fucking life or death it's fight or flight it's it's everything or nothing and so you know, it, it, there is a point where you need to just stop being treated as the you that you are um, just to kind of like get yourself in that space. But really, that psych up, I, I know the moment you're talking about, it's like that point, it's it, you're physically tired. So if I'm not a little physically tired, it's not going to read right. You know, it's like I need it to be where I'm, I'm a little slouchy and I've, I've worn all my blood and my, yeah. you know, it's like I've got a million ideas running through my head. And so to get in that space, you know, take a second and kind of go there. But Brandon comes along for that ride. That was like kind of pontificated a bit but that's that's the point it's it's you you have to find yourself in that process and all the in my opinion all the greatest actors kind of do that well i think what danny lewis is unlike most of the uh, uh actors that i've seen he's never had one specific genre or acting or you know like okay like if you was to see a vin diesel film you see vin diesel if you see a rock he's always <laughs> plays the right thing even in Bruce Willis, when he did all his films, he's always like the same type of character. Mm-hmm. Al, Al Pacino, after a certain point, even one of the greatest. You know, Al Pacino's a phenomenal actor. Oh, yeah. There was a point where it's like now he's doing Pacino and everything. You yeah, know? he's always the Italian guy. Yeah. But Danny Lewis, he went from I, Last of the Mohicans, mm-hmm. My Left Foot, and then it was just like there will be one blood. other, another, and then uh, what was it? He did a uh, Gangs in New York, yep. Lincoln, and amazing I'm, movie. Lincoln. Yeah, there will be blood. I've, he's that never stuck in one fucking type of person. Even when he did uh, There Will Be Blood. 
Which Daniel Plainview. I, mm-hmm. I think like the most important thing about an acting, and I look at it from the perspective of a director, you have to know your psychology. Because mm. if you don't know your psychology of what makes an actor, what makes a person, you know, their decisions in their life, you're not going to be able to portray it right. And I think Daniel Day-Lewis does an amazing job finding or doing the homework in people and finding out about their entire life. You know, there's no secret that he can't find to bring it out of them. Well, what I was trying to get at is that he's never stuck in a row. Mm -hmm. Like, even when how we were talking about, like, child actors. Mm -hmm. You know, you like Macaulay Culkin, for years we saw him as this, and he saw, you know, I don't think until The Good Son is when I actually thought him as a different type of actor. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it was just like, he he had to step away for a long time. Uh, we were talking about also uh, Robert Patterson. Yeah. His, his Twilight, and then he did, uh, um, before that, Harry Potter. Mm. He had his hot throb, and the next thing you know, um, what was it, Cosmo, no, uh, Good Day, what he did. I don't good know time, if you guys, Good Time. Good time. Mm-hmm. That fucking movie, oh my God. He was, I hated that guy. Like, I've never hated a person as much as I hated that. <laughs> no, there was a, I mean, there was a scene where he was with a, a teenage girl, and he does some stuff with him. I'm like, oh, I hope he fucking nice i know i'm like when i was watching that movie i'm like why are we rooting for this or i'm rooting for this guy why am i rooting for this man like yeah. he's a piece yeah that's, that's the magic right there yeah, exactly the, but i mean another actor that i was i love is tom hardy <laughs> because oh i mean God. he oh, has yes. he has that big bulky i mean you can think of he should be in every act uh, any action movie but he doesn't do that yeah i mean my favorite Bronson. movie. My, well mm. no my favorite movie is the drop uh-huh Oh no, man! Peaky Blinders, dude. No. Bronson, Peaky Blinders, Bronson bro. for me, bro. <laughs> well, Bron- Bronson was crazy. Just, I can't get with the whole showing his dick thing, but mm-hmm. the Bronson. drop. No, the drop. <laughs> we have dicks. No, I know, but it's just like what the fuck? Like he's Bronson was a fucking crazy motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and and now from that, see, one thing I like about when you see those autobiographies is that you see that, and then oh, let me see who the real person was, mm-hmm. and the real story is so much fucking crazier. Real shit, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, man, and, too bad and, those guys can't do their yeah. own roles. And then they used him. Like, they, like, brought him out and did charity events and had him fight prison guards and shit. Like, it, yeah. it's like, it's such a, that's one of those where you're like, this is real? Like, how is this? Yeah, no, it was cheaper to just kick him out of prison than to keep him in prison because he kept beating the shit out of everybody. And so, but again, it's like, there was something in that, though. Like, there's the cross-dressing section where he's got the the blonde wig and the lipstick on and everything. And when you think about a guy like Tom Hardy, the symbol of masculinity, had going into the feminine space and existing in this kind of bizarre bizarre strange violence driven character it's it's i mean it's, it's it's it was so nuanced and had so many layers to it that it was just like only tom hardy in that role can kind of command the physical respect you need to be that guy and then the gravitas to carry all the other stuff that came with it, it i don't think he's won an oscar right favorites I don't no he hasn't really won an oscar no because he hasn't had that it, you know, it, it is the same yeah. thing with the guy who played Split. What's his name? Um, oh, uh, James, James McAvoy. McAvoy. Like those two guys are Blood so Blood. underrated, yeah. and they're so they're amazing actors. Yeah. Like Roy, yeah, in Split, and uh, what was the 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 sequel? Glass. Uh, Glass. Oh my God, man! <laughs> like you see him just switch from one role to He's the other, phenomenal. like it's nothing. It's like. Holy shit! Like, yeah. dude, how do you even do that? Yeah, I think he, I think he didn't win based on what movie that came out that year. Um, well, I, I want to see what what movie was around that time. I think that Bronson's Nicholas Winding Refn too, isn't that the the director on that project? He did Drive. Um, 
He's actually probably my favorite director right now. Yeah. And then he did that Only God Forgives movie that is just uh, hard to see your favorite director yeah. make a movie that you're like, I don't did like this at all. No, but I also saw they did a documentary on it about him like losing his mind that people mm-hmm. thought this was the worst movie ever. And he was like, I'm try- they don't understand what I'm doing. And you know, so and like, I actually watch a couple of things by Nicholas Wendon Reffing and his interview is like, my movie just keeps changing. You uh-huh. know, whenever I'm going, because like, he shoots everything uh, chron- chronologically. Yeah, yeah. So he says like, Anything can happen. Like I don't stick. Changes I don't stick to the time. script. I don't. I don't stick to the script. So everything can change depending on the, how the story goes. And you know, like for example, the movie Neon Demon, beautiful movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. fucking beautiful yeah. movie. But you go towards the end is like that's where it, everything. <laughs> that's how we left. got. Here. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And that's how we got here. It's like, yeah, oh, dude. Like, yeah, Valhalla Rising is another one of his that's exceptional. The it's a. Uh, it's another violent. It's like a Viking. I think it's one of the uh, the Skarsgård brothers or whatever. But which one? Um, Valhalla Rising. It's, oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Valhalla uh, Rising. That was that's on Netflix, right? Uh, it is on Netflix. That was a movie. Did he direct that? That was him. Yeah. No Valhalla way. Rising. Yeah, early, early on. Okay. But uh, no, there's this part where he cuts this guy's stomach open. I, oh my God! Yes, with uh, he, like, what's his name? Uh, the actor. The is it Scar? Which one is that? It's the Valhalla uh, Rising. I did watch yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the. I think he, his brother. The guy who played that. Hannibal. Yes. What was his name? Yes. Oh. Mads What's his name? Nicholson? Is it Matt yeah, Nicholson? Yeah, Matt Nicholson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicholson. Yes. Oh, right. Another great actor. He like cuts this guy's stomach open, and then yeah. there's a detail in it that I, to this point, like I can feel it. He's like, rather than just disemboweling him, he like gets his arms inside of him, and then you see him push. There's, it's like that little fucking detail that did it for me. It's not just reaching into a guy and pulling his stomach out, which is obviously amazing and whatever, but it's like the resistance, the reality of that moment. It's not just reach in and pull it out. It's reach in and then dig your hands through their insides to grab it and rip it out. And it's like that fucking, that little moment, that little extra effort, dude, mm-hmm. that's that's it. That's the difference between like something that's good and something that's magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not enough actors and actresses uh, implement things like that in, you know, Real time uh, yeah. or real life situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, I appreciate things like that as well. Yeah, those tiny details they make a huge difference. <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and a lot of those are Nicholson. Not... Oh, he brings out the best, in, the best in everything he too. Is good. Yeah. A lot of that is not the director doesn't tell them to do everything. They could just add that little gent in you know in there, and it is good that the, the you know directors do catch it when they do because you know like um you remember seeing uh, once upon a time in was that the Leo Hollywood. in Hollywood. Yeah. That whole Leo scene where he was like bashing on himself, mm-hmm. that wasn't scripted either. Mm-hmm. You know, and you look at that, you're like, God damn, like that how did he come up? I mean, Quentin said that, you know, he gave him little ideas, but the fact that he was just riffing that whole time and just, you know, the sad, the cringing, like, that's why I, for me, one of my favorite actors is Leo, which how, it's, it's so just good. it's stupid to say how good he is. He's so and good. he's been doing it for so long. And here's the thing, actors you know, you may have the director and the director might tell the story, but at the end of the day, the, the actors are the ones that bring the the magic. Some, but I, there's one, the only exception I can think of, which I'm not to say the actors don't bring magic in these, but the Coen brothers, because a lot of people assume that those movies are mostly off script. And it like the Big Lebowski, every um, uh, oh, uh, or whatever is all in the script. That's every really. single Every sound and word that everybody said in that movie. Granted, you've got some of the greatest actors of all time in there doing it, mm-hmm. but it is 
funny when I think about that because I, you know, obviously as an actor, you 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 try to find your place in the process, and it's funny that you can achieve excellence through a couple different ways. That it's mm-hmm. like, you know, the Coens they write a script that allows an actor to get into that place, but their words are their words, and they want exactly those words. And it's funny because I was watching a, an interview by Johnny Depp, and he said, whenever a director hands me a script, I just scrap everything. Yeah, all really? the commas, all the commas, all the periods, everything I scratch it off because it's what the character would do not what you're told to do mm-hmm. so all the commas all the periods all the spaces all the ums and everything yeah. Johnny Depp he scratches them takes them off and he does it the way the character would do it like Jack Sparrow like I would do it according to the to the character of Jack Sparrow and then he would bring the improv from that character into, into the movie the Dude, the Libertine, yeah. I think, is the best Johnny Depp performance of all time. He, he creates one of the most disgusting, gross. What movie? Uh, the Libertine. If you haven't seen it, please do. Libertine. And, and I, I love it, telling yeah. people to see it that haven't what's seen the it. Premise. He's basically he's uh, it's it's not uh, uh, what's his name? Not Armand Desant. Um, He's basically just this vile, his body is rotting off, and he's this sexual deviant, and he's this old, gross, disgusting man who you fucking love. And he's got that, you know, fucking that that Artaud vibe, that fucking, like, where there's the stink of shit, there's the smell of being, like, there's this fucking... Oh, yeah, he was a total dick in that movie. He was, yeah, he's a horrible person. But again, you're, you're like, riding this wave. You're like, fuck, I'm on this guy's side a little bit. Like, I know it's a bad side to be on, but fuck, this character is just so rich. And it's just, it's vile and gross. Gross, but yeah, it's, we all enjoy a little chaos. Yeah, and it's deep, deep down, you know. such a pretty man doing it. You <laughs> they, know? They probably, yeah. And just, just to be honest, no director is going to tell Johnny Depp what to do. Yeah. I mean, even when he did, uh, Jack, you know, Jack Sparrow, what directors like? He's like, who are you to tell me I'm, I can't do it the way I yeah. can do yeah, it? Again, hated him. The Cohen brothers would though. That's the, they get well, away yeah, with there, it. There, there the are ones, some. Like they tell. We're talking John Goodman. Like we're you know freaking. Uh, 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 I'm forgetting the lead's name. Oh, that's terrible. Um, but the dude. Yeah, the dude, uh, freaking uh, Jeff, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges, thank you. Uh, incredible in the BBC uh, <laughs> films as well. But uh, it's like that's the thing. It's like that's why I, I think that's why I love them so much. It's like they exist as this like, yeah, all that's true, but you know what I mean. Like it's like the Coen Brothers would be like Johnny, you don't get to do this movie then, like legitimately, yeah. and would lose Johnny Depp because he would want to do that. But we've seen it succeed so massively in other productions, and that's where like that's why I think people get around and talk about this stuff. Is it's like there's so much nuance to the execution and there's no real right way to do it mm-hmm. and there's you know industry standards and then there's the exception that makes the proves the rule you know and so it's like it is there are some actors well, you know, I come from Shakespeare and it's yeah. like what am I going to go change the words in Shakespeare am I going to claim that I know better than this 500 year old play <laughs> no a lot of people do but no not me personally and so there is like it, and as an actor that is a process you're always kind of going through like what is your relationship to the script and it is almost project dependent so much mm-hmm. but again it's like the strength comes from what gets captured. You know what I mean? Like all this stuff, all this theory, all this supposition, it's all what ends up on tape. And so some directors, I think, let their actors get where it needs to go. Some directors tell their actors how to get where they want to go. And it's like, it's hard for me to say which one's right because there's so many examples of, There's you know, so many good improvs. Yeah. So many. Well, and those like little tiny improvs is what really what makes the movie. For example, Mission Impossible mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Henry Cavill. Mm-hmm. Even Tom Cruise said it. It's like when there's this scene in the bathroom where he just like starts like pumping up and like starts like swinging and he's like even Tom Cruise was like oh my god like where, where did that do come it from? again I like that, that yeah. fucking guy like yeah. it wasn't on the script it wasn't anything but Henry Cavill just br- he just brought it into the film and he was like <laughs> and then he just started pumping himself up on screen and even Tom Cruise was impressed like this fucking guy yeah, man. Where, where did that come from? even, even the arms. director like, yeah even the director was like 
because I, I think they repeated the scene again. He's like, nah, man, like, do, do that it again. Do that. Yeah. Do that. That We need that. Yeah. Well, the one of the famous movies that, oh, that didn't even have a script was Iron Man. And I thought that was amazing because every day, I think uh, Robert Darnier said, like, we did not know what the fuck we're going to do. We had, <laughs> we, we had a kind of idea of what we want to do. But, of course, you had Robert Downey who, I mean, God. It's Robert Downey. Yeah. yeah. He, and um, Farver. 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 So, I mean, those guys alone, they can they figured it out. Mm-hmm. And, God, like, you would not think that that film would have been just so great and lead on to the MCU films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how actors do it, really. But they can do the cleanest wood, where they just get really good actors and let them do them, it, let th- them th- their own directing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there are some, like I said, there's some people who ah, like The Rock, who yeah. as great as he is, man, I don't, is he great? He should. I love him. I think he's the most. Yeah, charismatic he's he's man entertaining. But he would not be. A, he kind of get out of the room. He tried to. I don't know that we're time. asking him to either. You know what I mean? Like no, I, I I'm asking. Like it's, it's like I feel like a lot of like they're like we want you to be the rock. Like don't don't even try the other stuff. Like I feel like if he showed up and tried to give like a dramatic reading, they would be like, oh, that was good. Go do the rock now. Go be yeah, the rock. Yeah. You know, it's like. I, uh, think the, I think the only different one that I've seen from The Rock is really just being Black Adam. Yeah. I think that's like that's the only movie I've seen where he actually had to be in character yeah, for something. Yeah, some depth and gravitas for sure. Because otherwise it's just fun and games for him. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. Dude, love I that, man. Uh, looks, like, count, looks count, though, for me. Because when I see him bald and bulky, I'm mm-hmm. I, like... Can I? Can you throw some hair on Dwayne or something? Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe put some glasses on the guy. For me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something. Well, because... Well, even back when... Uh, well, let's say Stallone. Mm-hmm. You know... His role is always kind of the same too. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you, I mean, what's the difference between Rocky and uh, Rambo? Right. One has a gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He talks, but again, except Rambo kicks ass all changing. the time. But I didn't realize how much of a great, good writer he was. Yeah. I mean, Rambo actually, it's like it became an action genre film. But Rambo, the first one, is one of the greatest treatises on explorations of war and Mm -hmm. savagery and what it does to humanity. Like Mm -hmm. you forget because, like, we come back and Rambo becomes like ah, blows up in big explosions. But Rambo one is like a cutting tale of masterpiece of of, yeah of like the horrors of war and PTSD. Yeah, yeah. it's funny even how that movie almost did not exist Mm -hmm. because of all the production stuff and they just didn't couldn't get funding. And then there was a war between Stallone. He didn't. He he wanted to make changes, so he started rewriting and the direct. And it was a, it's it was a mess. Yeah. But I mean, magic always seems to happen in such weird ways. You yeah, know, man. I don't understand. I think there's something that gets lost in a lot of film discussion, and it's just like even the worst movie you've ever seen was a hundred to two hundred people working their ass off to try mm-hmm. to create something mm-hmm. really special. And it's it's easy to get into the minutiae of successes and failures and, and critique of execution. But like for me, I, I try to approach almost all work that way first. Like this was the heartfelt effort of a ton of people. Uh, really bad movies were made by people passionately trying their hardest to do something right. right. You know, and so it's like there is like that can get lost in the, in the discussion a lot of the time. And it's like that's I think what you're talking. About. It's like sometimes those things overwhelm. You know, the the negatives and the the issues and and you know you have per- big personalities butting heads. Mm-hmm. But eventually, it's like what is the secret formula that leads to like you overcoming or not overcoming those challenges and mm-hmm. pulling something, refining something of worth out of you know the the efforts of, of a the ton passion, of man. The That's passion, it. because there's people who work for free, man. I, I, Hundreds yes. of people who work for free in movies because of the passion and yeah. their love for it. Yeah. And, you know, you, 
you see him getting exploited too at the same time, and which makes you question is like, why would I do something I love if I'm just gonna get exploited? But yeah. at the same time, it's like, God, I really love doing this. Yeah. You know, I really love being on screen. You know, and you bring joy to a lot of people. Yeah, man. This is one of the things that a lot of people don't understand. Like entertainment in the movies, acting just brings joy to people. It helps them escape like their own little reality just for like an hour of a movie. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all hurling through space. At, like, well, yeah. I was wondering like, how does actors end up being like the worst people on set? You yeah. know how you heard about the Kathleen Hygos, Bruce Willis, how Christian he doesn't want to be. That does ba- drive me. Have you heard that rant? Okay, here's oh, yeah. the thing. Okay, wait. Uh, uh, that one rant, though, I was like, yo, bro, get out the shot. I agree, like, he went too far. But that in that case, especially with Bale and knowing, like, his work ethic and everything, that was one where you're like, yeah, you shouldn't have done that, but, like, also, bro, don't be in the shot. Like, get out of the way. Even the Tom yeah. Cruise rant. Yeah. Like, I, well, Tom loves it. Like, there's no denying. Like, right. he loves that shit. But us being in there, like, here's my, when I heard of Christian Bale, I was like, I was hearing, I'm like, okay, nothing he said was wrong. Just the way he was saying it, maybe. No, because if you've ever been You're on set, nice there's some people who are on set who are worse. Like Some directors are worse than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Michael Bay, he would have fucking fired the person on the spot. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's we're, we're, we're working on time, money, you know. Uh, like, what's the whole thing with Apocalypse Now? The, they had one napalm shot. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. if they fucked that up, you know how much they were already behind uh, schedule and money? So yeah, and their lead actor showed up a uh, hundred and hundred pounds heavier than the last time they saw him, and said he wouldn't work in light; that he was only going to be in darkness. He wouldn't work with uh, uh, the Gene. other. What's his name? Uh, the druggy from the seven. Uh, Michael from, Douglas. Uh, from oh, sh- not Michael, Michael Douglas. Ma- Martin Sheen. Uh, from uh, from uh, shoot, I'm forgetting his name now. Anyway, he's like the the photographer in uh, Apocalypse Now. Oh, okay. okay but yeah. they had to shoot those scenes separately because he wouldn't be in the same room as him. Like it's you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Like it's again. One he of the didn't even want to be ever. fucking read the script. All those yeah exactly all these like insane things that could have stopped it from happening and then it did end up but see that's one thing I will say like Marlon Marlon Brando such a great actor and at some point just like how Bruce Willis is he just like didn't didn't love it no more didn't care he was like hey I'm gonna get paid anyways and then he just like I, I don't want to do it. Yeah, there's a point where he's the great, one of the greatest actors of all time, and then something. But then he's the worst one. Where to his work like with. mythos, like when you're, I mean, he was undoubtedly like the most famous actor maybe ever at the time, and it was like that getting into that headspace. I think corrupted him a little bit. Like Isla Doctor Moreau, he showed up and was just like, "Hey, uh, this this little person is going to say half of my lines, and I'm going to have a bowl on my head with ice water, and I'll have you pour it in." And they were like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And he's like, "No, that's what's happening. Like, if you want me in this film, that's what we're doing." And so they gave half of his dialogue to a whole other person entirely and like just this little person actor that he brought with him and was like hey he's in this movie now like it's you know he it, it became something d- that diluted a, a bit about what he was I, I have tremendous respect for him as a human and especially like the steps that he took at the Oscar ceremony and stuff and kind of slapping oh, him in the great. face a little bit and, you think you know, things like that are an issue of apathy or more so if you are truly passionate about a certain thing, hobby that you do, and you do it enough, you become so resistant of it and tired of it. You think it's anything like that? I think also there's like a little bit of expectation built into that too. You are now looked at as the one that's pioneering this art form. And now to you, if you start getting basic or simple or just doing things by the numbers, there's this idea you need to be absent. You need to be pushing boundaries and like doing stuff. And so it's like, I do feel like a certain level of passion resembles insanity. You know, it's like I, I and I, I've my own fervor. Like when people watch me direct and stuff like that, it's like I am kind of a, a crazy person when I'm in that zone. Yeah, you gotta have to be exactly. And so it's like I don't think we get Brando without the fact that that was part of his brain. But I do yeah. think that ended up taking the foreground in front of 
the other evolution of him as Not a performer. Right. You know, the way I see it too is that you you get like such high expectations that when people start fucking up, you you don't want to deal with that. You know, when you get to a level like like Brando, yeah. because you expect nothing less than perspe- than perfection anymore. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get per- uh, perfection, then you're worthless to me yeah. because we're not doing what you know that my passion. You're yeah. not doing it the way I want it yeah. to be, the way I want it to look. Yeah, people like that. I think know the process to you know what it, and what it took to become as great as they are. So I'm pretty sure they believe it in others. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And not it's one of the things like uh, like Martin Scorsese. That's exactly what he wants. Like when it, when he's critiquing the, the MCU is because it's like they're bad movies. <laughs> they're entertaining, but they're not good movies. Yes, yeah, some are great. Some are okay. <laughs> but here's the thing: they're not award winning movies. No, they're not, they're never, not no. great films. Well, they're yeah. great movies, they're but they're not they're great not films. films. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I'm glad you Flicks. made that distinction yeah. because. Martin Scorsese, he wants perfection yeah. in a film. That's exactly what he wants. And when he sees like all these movies making millions and millions of of, uh, of dollars, mm. he's like, "What am I doing wrong at this point?" You yeah. know, it's like I don't think I'm doing it wrong because I'm doing something that is doing that that is right. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that, and then perfection. Yeah. Well, that's it. We're gonna yeah, have to. Uh, we're gonna have to end this because we have a game we're gonna do. We're doing the uh, 2004. Shh. Uh, oh, movie yeah. draft. That's so the rules of the game. Graduated, by the way. Yes. So the movie that get, the the whole, what we're doing is we're gonna do a snake draft, which uh, we're gonna pick out. We're gonna choose the numbers, and uh, we're taking movies from 2004, and we're gonna see who has the best list of movies. Now the categories that we picked is best comedy, uh, best blockbuster, which means anything that's like really like fancy, whatever, uh, horror movie, <laughs> sci-fi. Uh, animation and then we do have a wild card now wild card you can put whatever movie you want genres or just something that's just silly that you that, that came out that year okay so as brandon since you are our guest let's see who's gonna go first now the number on it is where we are sitting so we have, well, we have a little two. numbers right here. here we go we got a little number um i'm not a professional unwrapper unfortunately so i apologize looks like i'm number one baby uh, no so I'm number no. one so who's number one so we're we gonna go from yeah. ernest Oh, I see. Uh, from our table position. Oh, no. Is that two or one? I'm sorry. One. Oh, that's one. That is one. Yeah, that'd be so we're going to do a clockwise this way. And when it gets to me, we're going to go back down here. Cool. So Perfect. All right. So, but fuck, I got the had last. had many fantasy football I got the last. So what? I'm, I'm pitching I'm pitching here. Uh, so, out of your, so out of your whatever list you did, uh, you can pick any genre. Now, now, be aware. If you pick a movie that you really want on your list, just know that you have, you have to come around four people before it comes back to you. So kind of realize that you got to pick a pick you can pick the one you really love mm-hmm. more yeah i'm not prepared to adjust the list so if, if mine get picked i'll I'm so just i'm naming off it. anything any movie so you pick off, off whatever category you want all right well for starters i'll start with the passion of the christ from a, I, under a drama genre oh wait, no drama under blockbuster blockbuster so like or you can do, you can put on the wild card if you want you said horror right that's a horror. It's not a horror, but it it, it does have scared some the hell out of me. It's horrific it to me. <laughs> all right, it all right, we're doing okay. So, okay, we're, we'll do. Passion I was scared, yeah, especially what? the little uh, demon scenes. You know, yeah. little kid. I'm a okay. 14 when I watch that. So, oh my god. Okay, Fernando, you are next. What am I doing? Uh, the horror movie? Oh, you can pick any genre. Oh, comedy. Okay, what's your comedy? Dirty Dancing 2, baby. What? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my god. Oh yeah. I don't know how you. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> why, why that? I mean, that's the the Havana one. Havana Nights, baby. Oh God, mm-hmm. that is okay. It, and it's actually a movie that I told my girlfriend that we have to watch because she hasn't seen it. 
Oh we my god, we're gonna have to make it happen for sure. That is a that is a comedy because I don't know how that happened. Swayze. <laughs> All right, Brandon, you are next. Oh, I'm going comedy out the gate as well. I'm going with Team America. Oh my god, I uh, I had. I was gonna pick that as my uh, cart animation. I almost did as well. I, I cheated a couple times on my list, but uh, I did have the privilege of working with Scott Land, who did all of the uh, uh, puppetry. You know, that funny thing about that movie is hilarious. I hate it when it first came out, but like South Park, the movie, it just grew on me, and I'm like, oh, this fucking movie. I've never been able to, brand, to to watch it. Oh, man. It is. Mm. Uh, it is <sighs> okay. It I will go with comedy as well, and I will pick. I will pick Shaun of the Dead. Okay. That was my horror pick. <laughs> I fucking hate horror movies. So I was like, yeah, that's, there's a scary scene there's in that. I'll, I'll fucking use it. that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that movie. I, that movie made me be okay with watching uh, actually horror film because I'm not really 100% on that. Yeah. Uh, and then as, let's see, I will pick sci-fi. Now, the sci-fi, this is a movie that you guys won't probably won't know too much of, but it's called Primer. Ooh. Not familiar. So Primer is a old sci-fi. It's a it's a movie about two inventors who makes a time machine to go back, but in order for them to go back, their other self comes in that future too. Oh, cool! There's a fucking whole essay of how this tra- time traveling movie works because it's so co- fucking confusing. Great movie to watch. Like all time travel. No, yeah, there's like so. no, there's a whole essay. You would not like. You have to take your time to knowing this. <laughs> um, so I will put that. Now it is. Brandon's turn. Uh, so I'll stick with. Are we doing? So can I do a sci-fi also? Yeah, you can. Just, yeah, okay. you can pick whatever. you So want. I'm doing another time travely weird movie. Uh, sci-fi called The Butterfly Effect. Oh, Ooh, dude. Okay, I love. See, see. That's, that's one movie. of those movies. I feel like it's a little better than it should be. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, there's, it's like all the pieces. Uh, underrated. Yeah. Yeah, but I do remember there was like a summer I probably watched that like every day for like a month. It was like on HBO or, yeah. or something That like fucking that. scissor scene always fucking yeah, gets bro. me. The fireworks scene. That that one always got me. All right, it is um, Mr. Fernando's turn. And drama? I oh, guess there's I... no drama. There's wild card comedy, blockbuster, <laughs> sci-fi. And uh, blockbuster. Okay. And it would be The Day After Tomorrow. Nice. When that movie came out, it was very impressive mm-hmm. to me. I was like, whoa. Yeah, the weather effects were amazing. They were great, yeah. man. For the time being, you just wow. see like the entire apocalypse. It was like, whoa. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ernest, you get two picks, so. I got a blockbuster, uh, Kill Bill 2. Whoa, okay. Oh, yeah. I, see, that's one thing about this year. There was a lot of movies here. Kill Bill 2. Okay, another one? Uh, I'll go... Uh, Sci-fi, comedy, and wild card. Uh, <laughs> I'll do a wild card, I guess. Okay. Throw uh, throw Collateral in there. Damn, that's another one. That was a, that was a decent movie. Mm, that's a great movie. Well, that's the first time I thought that... Uh, I thought that Tom Cruise should have won that for that. Yeah. Not sure. Jamie, Lee, not Jamie. Oh, Jamie Foxx didn't win that. I but. think like that's the only time I've seen Tom Cruise not be Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, Tropic Thunder. I think that's the. Oh best my God! Oh, yes, Tropic Thunder. Less, less gross yeah, yes. That was bro, not. Yeah. They built a whole. Unfortunately, that was that not guy. in this year's movies. Yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> okay, fine, Daniel. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Okay. You got so far. The, what you got left is sci-fi, horror, and wild card. All right, I'll go wild card on this one. Okay. White chicks. Oh god! Nice. All right. See, that, I, I'm surprised that's not your fucking uh, comedy movie, but okay. I'm gonna go wild card also with okay. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless. Oh my god! Oh yes. man! See, yes. I knew I should have fucking picked. That's my favorite movie. One of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Jim Carrey was just 
not Jim such Carrey. A job. I don't know that so we were ready for that yet. You know what I mean? After the the boon of '96 Carry, where he had three blockbuster hit comedies, and then like comes out with you know another like one that. that's uh, underrated from him is Truman Show. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like like not not a lot of people liked it, but you watch it again, you're like, Whoa. you know, love it. You know that movie was not from 2004, Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here, here's my here is my blockbuster. That, uh, I am surprised none of you guys picked it. It is Spider-Man Two. Nice. Oh, I have on my nah. list. Uh uh-uh, uh, not me. I mean, that movie is that defined what Spider-Man movie was. That, that's I mean, you thought the first one was good. I'm like, and I didn't. I was unaware that that actually came out this year. I thought it was Four. earlier in my years. Yeah. What What other genres do we have left? Uh, for you, you got horror and, oh, this is the last round. Oh, yeah, we're coming up, right? And yep. I've got animation and. So for my animation. Four, three, I think, still. I'm oh, yeah, you have animation. I'm sorry. I didn't write yeah. that down yet. Yeah. Um, You know what? For animation, I will pick that because I do not want you guys to have that. <laughs> uh, it's Shrek 2. Nice. That was a good one. Nice. That was a good one that year. Is this back my way? Yep. Howl's Moving Castle for animation. Okay. Miyazaki, my friend. I saw that, and I was I was surprised that that came out. I thought that came out earlier. It did feel like at a different time period. For yeah. Sure, maybe, that, maybe that was the U.S. Uh, That's maybe. not a Studio Ghibli uh, film. I don't think it's, it is. It, it is? Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. I know it's Miyazaki, but I wasn't sure if it was Ghibli produced. But uh, yeah, no. If, uh, yeah, absolutely. What do I have left? Uh, you got animation and horror. No, uh, sci- I'm sorry. Sci-fi, too. Sci-fi, shit, man. Yeah, there's not a big selection in there. All right, so sci-fi, let's go with uh, Soul Plane. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here. I'll give you some of the sci-fi. Um, iRobot came out that year. Uh, Forgotten. Uh, Chronicles of Riddick. Oh, Forgotten. Okay. Yeah. We'll give, I'll give I, I, I love, uh, what's her face? <sighs> Julie. Juliet. Julian Moore? Julian Moore. I think she's amazing. When she, uh, I like a low-key crush on her. Yeah. You seen that still Alice? No. That fucking movie crushed me. Because uh, as a movie, basically, she was a uh, brain uh, science. And soon, uh, later on, she started getting dementia and started losing who she was. Fucking yeah. sad movie. Um, forgotten. All right. For, uh, is your turn, Mr. What do I have left? What's you on? have um, you have sci-fi, animation, comedy. All right. So for uh, do the animation, do the Incredibles. Incredibles, nice. Oh my god, I didn't see that one. Oh, yes, man. you're missing out. No, no, no. I mean, I didn't see it on the list. Oh, I see, I see. Uh, and you get one more sci-fi or. Well, I don't have anything for the sci-fi genre. Uh, you said horror. I have horror. I can I can give you the sci-fi movies, and then you can pick from that. I Robot, uh, Chronicles of Radic, and Stepford Wives. Yeah, those aren't. Great selections for me. Pass. Well, that's yeah, pass. <laughs> pass for me. Phone a friend. Um, what what else did I have? Uh, you have comedy. Comedy. Man, see, I stayed away from this. Yeah, these are all the two thousand four. If that's did that, did I see Napoleon Dynamite in there? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's I'll in there. Napoleon Dynamite yeah. in there. Okay. I'm like one of the few of my friends. I thought that was hilarious. That's another movie I fucking hated. What? Dude, it's just I, subtle no, comedy. No, it's yeah. I, when I first watched it, I hated it, and then I just grew to love it. It was such a change. Like I feel like to, in today's standards, it would hold up a little stronger. Oh, like, for people sure. are prepared for that kind of movie now, right, whereas right. at the time, we weren't exactly. That type like, of humor is lost on. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You're next? Uh, what do I have missing? Uh, horror and sci-fi. Horror. Damn it. Uh, Club Dread. What? Club Dread. Oh, uh, For what, Horror? 
Yeah. Okay. My horror is Shaun of the Dead. Uh, I, I picked that. Oh, can I not pick it then? What other horrors do we have? I hate horror movies. All I, right. I'm back in right. I'll give you some. Oh, I'll Machinist some. is in there? Machinist, Machinist? bro, yeah. Uh, grudge is in there? Give me Machinist. Okay. I actually did like the Grudge. Why did I call movie. him the Mechanist? Because maybe you're, you're a bit of a masochist. Of, yeah, you're thinking of, man. Oh, man. They got to tell you where my mind goes. <laughs> <laughs> he was a machinist. He did machines. All right. Fuck. You know, I'm going to pick. I am going to pick. You know, we also have Scooby-Doo for animation. Yeah, I'm gonna pick. Gr- I'm gonna pick Grudge for uh, horror. Very, very good movie. That was yeah. That wasn't one that started I mean, off. Well, that started. was a Korean horror originally, correct? Yeah. No, it was Japanese. Japanese. Japanese? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I know. I saw the actual first one. Yeah, There's another one I I pick, which is Shutter, mm. which is a freakier movie for me. But uh, we'll quickly go through this. Yeah. Wild card. Um. <sighs> wild card. Wild card. I am. You know what? Kung Fu Hustle. Hmm. I oh. fucking. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. Yeah, Kung Fu yeah, It's so ridiculous. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> okay, this is the last round. So you, uh, you, Brandon, you have comedy for your next and final pick. Uh, no, I did Team America for comedy. Um, I no, you I... did. Oh shit, you yeah, did. Yeah, I think I still have Blockbuster left. Yes, you do. Uh, this is a it's a personal choice. I don't think many would agree with it, but the movie Troy. Oh my god, yeah, that's when I found out. I was actually just looking at it right I, now. <laughs> I am a little gay. That was the movie. <laughs> I, found, no I, one I, left. I was like, shit. There's a little bit in there. That's you like, know what? Right, <laughs> uh, Brad Pitt, bro. Fuck. No, the Eric Bana and uh, the fight with the spear, bro. Yeah, that best spear combat sequence. That's all you have to, to that say, point, bro. You saw the spear used in ways that, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's like, ah, oh, what is this? No, it was, it was so fucking sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bro. Troy. You know the only thing I don't like about that movie is like they kept changing the edit. Oh yeah. Every every Blu-ray release had like a different edit. It was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) DVD different edit. Blu-ray different edit. Digital different edit. Like God, like make up your damn mind already. Yeah. Uh, You got uh, (laughs) you got animation for your last pick. Animation. Damn. And uh, Ernest sci-fi. Animation. Let's go with Garfield. No, I got it. Oh my God. I love me some Garfield. Hey man. Who's who's Garfield in that? Bill Murray, right? Yeah, that was it, Bill Murray. I love me some Garfield. Yeah. All right, so I'm gonna again. I'll give you some of the stuff. Uh, I thought I'd seen some World of what is it? War of the Worlds in here. Am I no, mistaken? That was, no, that, was that was day after tomorrow. Sci-fi. Chronicles of Riddick. Uh, you yeah, can pick, you know, there, there's there. also Alien <laughs> There's also Aliens versus Predator. Same. Oh my god, Alien versus Predator too. That I haven't was... actually seen that. Yo, one. actually, I dug that movie. Alien versus Predator. I really like it. I was it. like, I'm down with this. This is like yeah. a, a take on the genre. It's like at that point I was kind of over a lot of those films and mm-hmm. like Alien versus Predator just kind of touched. It was mm-hmm. like just right. Yeah. It just had right. And and you know what? It it was a good blend except for What's that? The, the the main character, the girl. I'm uh-huh. like, why are you here? You yeah, that's. See I was like, I didn't need any humans in that fucking yeah. movie. I needed three <laughs> predators versus a pack of fucking aliens, and I'm thrilled. Like, I'm like, I didn't need a human in there at well, all. Well, oh, Requiem. Mm. Oh, that one was a good yeah, movie. Bro. It was a lot of also good movies. I would tell you. Um, before we go, um, Mindhunter, which I, which is one of the movies I love about. That's a horror thriller. Uh, Village came out that year too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Layer Cake is another underrated movie that a lot of people know. Yeah. Uh, Born Supremacy, Hildago, Harry Potter, the uh, a- Prisoner of Azkaban. Probably the best Harry Potter, right? Really? Nah. No. Man, I don't think. Nah. But isn't that the um, one? Is that the one where Black dies? Series. That's with Gary Oldman, right? Sir- that's the one that has Sirius Black in it. Yeah, right, that's, right. Black that's my favorite one. Mm-hmm. That's when you start. Uh, series of unfortunate events. Mm-hmm. And National Treasure, like there was a lot. I was, I was secret, a uh, secret window, Se- secret windows, secret window. Yeah, that was another one. I'm like, oh my god, like there was a, a lot. Stephen King novel. You know, right? for uh, I don't animation too. So. A SpongeBob was in there too, which is an underrated movie. Yeah. 
Because I'm just thinking, like, this is so stupid. And I watch, I'm like, fuck. Okay, you know, I comedy for Mean Girls? Yeah, bro. Oh, yeah. I, I almost mean, mean Girls. I almost picked that, too. Just uh, because. But uh, I found you. The play is uh, touring here. The Broadway show Mean Girls is. You know, I didn't even know that right was now. a play. It wasn't. It is now. Uh, the, oh. She made it after the movie. Um, uh, Liz Lemon. I'm forgetting her real name. Uh, uh, the, Tina Fey. Tina Fey. Uh, oh, okay. Went, uh, made a Broadway musical, and it's now playing at the Smithson. Well, I know my girlfriend's going to want to see that. So <laughs> well, let's uh, let's wrap. sit with us. <laughs> well, uh, before we go, uh, Brandon, why don't you tell uh, the audience where to find you? Uh, shoot, you can find me all over the place. Um, I uh, I run Art Heart Studios. You can find us on all the various social medias, uh, YouTube. Uh, we do stream every Tuesday on Twitch. Uh, so uh, Twitch TV, YouTube, whatever backslash Art Heart Studios. I also play the evil fire wizard Mordred at Tournament of Kings at the Excalibur Hotel and Casino. You got to go there. As you see me there. Um, we do have uh, we have a couple Shakespeare in the Parks next month on the. 8th and the 22nd we're doing free Shakespeare in the parks for the city of Henderson we'll be doing Romeo and Juliet I'll be playing the nurse so I'll be in a dress nice and uh, uh, and uh, and then we're doing the Tempest short, shortly after that so the Tempest? Uh, yeah the Tempest oh my god yes. I gotta go to one year you place. have to uh, upload a list of the things or the places you're gonna be so we can check it out absolutely man no this has been uh, so, uh, check it out yeah absolutely. we will put all your uh, you know all your things on, on our website where we, we can find us on my spotcast on YouTube also, um, movie talks on Instagram. Uh, so, thanks for uh, joining us. I mean, you know, don't be sh- no, don't be shy. They like, come over oh, whenever wow, you guys. want to. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. This was a treat. Yeah. So, guys, again, uh, thank you for coming with. Uh, comment, like, subscribe, and uh, we'll see you next time on movie talks. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Everyone, peace out. Have a good one. Thank you.